Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and The platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So... It really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, too, and the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera, and I'm back here with Dorothy Cassisari Simone, who we spoke with last week um, a lot about her journey with grief and anxiety and infertility. And if you haven't listened to that, you should because it'll definitely give you an idea of. Um, you know, what she's been through. And we go through the different processes of grief and we just talk about grief that isn't necessarily connected to death. It is, but other types of grief as well. Um, In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about healing grief and healing anxiety related to grief. Um, But I do want to give a little trigger warning again. We're going to be talking about death and be talking about some tough subjects. So just 
um, proceed with caution, but it is very healing episodes to listen to. So at some point, I hope you can come back and listen. If you feel like right now is not the time, that's okay. Um, but I'm so excited to have you back. Dot is what Thank I- Thank you for having me. Um, and you shared so courageously so much in the last episode. Um, you really, I know this is one of the first times you're telling this story to people. Um, and I think that's probably, we're talking about healing. That's going to be part of your healing journey is to kind of tell the story and really help other people. Um, but we finished last episode. I think you started telling us about um, this trip to Disneyland that you went to and also talking a little bit about um, something that you might have coined called like wanted grief. Um, again, sounds like an oxymoron, but okay. So I'd love for you to kind of just start there and then lead us into your whole healing journey through all of this. Okay. So as as everyone kind of knows from the last time that we chatted, thank you so much for having me on the show, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been such a big part of my my healing journey as my best best friend. Um, but yeah, I, I've had a, a rough go of it the last couple years. Um, I've been pregnant four times and in three years, the first time was, um, 21 weeks and, um, I don't have a baby and it's yeah. been a really, really hard journey for me. Um, it's been a very hard road of infertility and IVF and, termination for medical reasons, TMFR, what we call it. Mm. Um, and a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. And um, it's been a really, really hard road. And so the the thing that I really want to try to do the best I can is to share with people, not only my journey, but some of the tools that I've learned to kind of, you know, promote this healing journey that I'm, that I'm still on because yeah. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be healed. I don't think healing is ever going to have that kind of past tense to it because these, these things that have happened are always going to stay with me, just like they'll always stay with viewers throughout my life. And they're always things I'm going to work on. And it's a matter of, you know, can I get out of bed? Can I find a joy? Can I find happiness? And then can I kind of navigate this grief when it comes up because it does come up. Yeah. Um, so what I was, what I was mentioning about our trip to Disney world back in May of 2019, which was two months after I got this devastating diagnosis at my 20 week anatomy scan about our baby coming, um, was that, you know, we, we went and I, I was in a bad place. I was in a bad, bad place. All of March, um, all of uh, April, it was, it's already kind of a hard time of the year. And I was just in a dark place. And this trip to Disney World, my son at the time was three and a half. And I just knew it was Mother's Day that weekend. And I just knew that I kind of had to pull it together somewhat, even though I was walking around with this, it felt like there was like, I was walking around carrying an elephant on my shoulders. Um, and, you know, going there and being part of all the magic, literally and figuratively, really kind of lifted my spirits. But on Mother's Day, which was the Sunday of the weekend that we were there, my husband had to leave um, to go back to work. And I stayed with my in-laws, his mom and his stepdad, who I 
love so much and they were such a huge part and still are a part of a huge part of my healing and grief journey. Um, I stayed with them and with our son, Nicholas. And I want to talk about this because my therapist had talked to me in a very intangible way about how I really needed to practice staying with my grief. Mm. And I, that was very hard for me. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Even when I tried to do it, I'm like, well, like, what should my internal monologue be saying? And what what should I be looking at? Should I be closing my eyes? And there are no shoulds, of course, but I just really didn't know what to do. It was almost like I was a newly born fetus, like like a newly born infant in the world, and I didn't know what any of the world meant. Yeah. That's kind of how it met, how it felt to me. Yeah. And, and you were saying last episode too that like there was so many, so much of you that like all your thoughts were just so all over the place about grief. So you had mm-hmm. you were maybe trying to like define it or something and trying to get something Make like sense that. Of it. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Racing thoughts. I mean, yeah. you want to talk about racing thoughts in this period of my life, there there have never been more racing thoughts yeah. about yeah. about all of it. And when so so I could I could so we went we went and got a, a cocktail and there was a there was like a 10 or 12 piece band in the lobby of the Grand Floridian playing just the instrumental versions of different Disney songs that we all kind of know and loved growing up, Beauty and the Beast and uh-huh. the Little Mermaid and things. And um, I I was sitting there with my son, Nicholas, and my mother-in-law and my, and my father-in-law, and I could feel, I could feel like something was coming up. Like I could feel that like I was in your body. In my body, what, I could feel like- What did like, you start feeling in your body? I just could feel that I was- going to start bawling. Mm. Like we're not talking about, you know, a tear dripping from my eye. We're talking about like the soul sobbing, Um, like, like heaving. Yeah. Like not a panic attack, not like that, but just like, I'm not going to be okay. And I'm not going to be able to do it in front of my son. So Mm. that was always, I I said, like my son, you know, it's such a blessing, such a blessing having him with me on this journey but also it has it has forced me to find ways to maneuver and manage my grief because i i don't i don't have the luxury <clears throat> and nobody does right because of work commitments and things like that but i just don't have the luxury of grieving wherever i wherever it whenever it comes yeah and it's very unpredictable so i i literally like put my finger up like one minute kind of to my mother-in-law and just kind of like whispered like i'll be right back and I went over to like kind of where the, I kind of like went over to this corner. It's awkward, right? Cause like there's people around and there's, there's nothing that you can do though. That's the other thing that I learned. Like you have to, you have to like forget about, forget about what's going on around you. Right. And like that's and what other I, people think and what other people think. And yeah. You have to forget about that. I actually yeah. was kind of good at that from the very beginning. My husband had a hard time with that. There were times that my grief would come up if we were in a restaurant or something and my husband would get like really, really cagey and uncomfortable and like, can you seriously stop? Like he would say that to me and that would make my grief and my my depression yeah. and my darkness that much bigger and that yeah. much darker. You know, it's like, it's like a big wave coming. If there's a dam that's stopping the water, then there's going to be that point where the water just like rushes, like we talked about Allie when we were, you know, in Hurricane Ida and that water rushed into my house. But if you, but if you don't build the dam, 
and you just let the water, you know, rush mm-hmm. at its go at its own pace at more of a, a trickle and a slower current, then then you're not going to have that rush. Well, I, I didn't know at that point how to now. Now I'm more in allowing yeah. the piece to be it's a, like a, a current of water with right. a steady current. But I, I think, it, like you said, it's so unpredictable, especially like it's so raw still. You know, when something like that yes. or someone loses yes. something, uh, someone, um, you know, again, there's no time limit, but like in the beginning, it's very, very raw and like surreal that sometimes you want to be able to control the the reaction you have to certain triggers for you. But like sometimes people can't do that either, even when their kids are there. That is, you know? that is true. Like, like you true. want to be able to do all that, but sometimes it's literally impossible and you don't care where you are. You don't care who's around because you just, the feeling is so intense. You just have to cry. Like right. there's, right. you almost sort of like have this like out of body experience, which to me sounds like, I know you said you might not think it was a panic attack, but it sounded like there was a probably some panic for you in that moment when the crying was happening. Yes. Panic attacks look different for everybody, right? Yes. And so there was some, there, I, I could imagine there was some of that yes. at that moment too. Absolutely, for you. and also, also there, there's always, there's always panic around like, how long is this going to go on? Like, right. how long am I going to be crying? And fe- not even the crying, like the the numbness and the like, the numbness and kind of the feeling of just discomfort and and feeling like depressed and like you're just really in your grief. At that point in my in my healing journey and in my grieving process, it all looked very different than it does in present day. Okay. But at that point, you know, when I went and I went into this corner and I could hear the band playing Beauty and the Beast, the theme, Tale as Old as Time. And the music was so beautiful that, that this is what I kind of mean by wanted grief. Even though I would much rather have been sitting having my rosé uh, with my mother-in-law and my mm-hmm. father-in-law and my son listening to the music, like, and not over here in the corner, like some creep, like weirdo, like hunched in the corner crying, you know, um, like, whoa, like what's this girl doing? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has problems. Like no. it was, it was wanted grief. I didn't know it at the time, but it was wanted grief. I could hear the music. It was so beautiful. And I literally just at that moment, I finally figured out what my therapist was encouraging me to do. I breathed. The breathing is so, so key. It is so key. It is the only thing that is keeping us alive. The only thing. Because at a point of this kind of grief, heavy grief, you feel like you're dying. Yeah. You feel like you're dying. Yeah. Like you almost feel like maybe you are dead. And so the breath is keeping us alive and we have to remember that. And in that moment, I remembered it. So I'm breathing, I'm listening to the music and in my mind, I'm saying to myself, okay, this is your grief. Your grief is okay. You are safe. Your grief is not going to harm you. You are safe in your grief. Your grief is here working for you. Mm. My therapist had told me this thing, and I remember I said it to myself in that time, that people hate grief. People hate it. 
They don't want it. Who wants grief, right? This is what we're talking about, wanting grief. People don't want grief to creep up on them. It always comes at the worst times when you would rather be doing something else more fun, more beautiful, more joyful. Um, And my therapist had said to me that grief, if if you learn to be grateful for grief and to give gratitude for your grief, you can understand that grief is not something out to get you. It's just something to keep you moving more and more forward in healing. There is no healing without the grieving. And I said to myself in this moment, like, I am grieving and I am healing. I am grieving and I am healing. And it was the first time in those two months following what had happened that I was able to Oh my God. I, I mean, I cried. I cried. I heaved. It was almost like yeah. I was vomiting, but yeah. I didn't vomit anything. I was, I was vomiting. I was vomiting, um, grief and sadness and loss. Yeah. yeah. And I then breathed. The new song came on. I think it was a whole new world from Aladdin, which was very kind of poetic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I walked back and I sat down with my family and I, I was able to kind of like snap out of it, but I don't even want to use those words because we don't want to encourage ourselves to snap out of grief. When we encourage ourselves to snap out of it, that's when we get stuck. Yeah. yeah. But I was able to, honest, I was able to come back and, and be with them in a clean, clear-headed way. And I was able to continue on with our happy hour and talk about how much fun we had at the park that day and how much my son loved, you know, posing with Kylo Ren from Star Wars more than Mickey Mouse, even though he was like three mm-hmm. years old. And I was able to go and have dinner and have a beautiful dinner and have a beautiful evening. And I wasn't able to do that before that happened. Mm. I would get stuck. I would be resentful of my grief. I would be stuck in it. I would be lamenting it. I would be angry. I would be angry. Why is my grief stealing all of this joy from me? Like I would be depressed. I would be all only just wanting to curl up in a ball and I would be resentful. And that was the first time that I was able to really put into practice this, this, this tremendous tool that we all have within us, which is breathing into the grief and really accepting it. How do you accept something that you don't want? How do you accept something that you're angry about? And how do you accept something that you don't want? And that's where wanted grief, I think, comes in. Yeah. Because that was wanted grief. It was wanted grief at the time I wanted it. My body craved it. My body needed it. I just didn't know that at the time. Yeah. I also think that there's a part of the wanted grief that's maybe part of acceptance because every single person in their life is going to grieve at some point. Yes. Right? Like they're yes. going to lose someone they love. They're going to have other losses um, yes. that they're going to grieve. And so mm-hmm. it's almost giving you permission that it's okay to do it, right? By saying yes. like, instead of saying like, I don't want this, I don't want this. Like, yeah, nobody does, but it's here and it's going to happen. So maybe I need to give myself permission to like allow it and see what it looks like for me to get through it because you can't hop right. over it. Nope. You can't push it away. Nope. It's a hundred percent a part of 
the experience of being human for every single person. Nobody is going to, nobody yeah. is going to escape this life. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to escape this life without this kind of deep pain of losing something that we love and something that we wanted with all of our heart and all of our soul. And so accepting it and leaning more into it than kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my hand up right now, you know, like I'm giving, I'm giving grief the hand, like don't give grief the hand. You have to kind of give it more of a welcoming high five instead of giving it the hand. The hand is so like 90s, Allie. I mean, it really brings us back to high school. Like, what am I even talking about right now? Right. What am I even saying? Give it, Give it the, the hand. hand. The face ain't listening. Yeah, talk to the hand because the girl it. ain't listening. I mean, honestly, can we go back, please? Oh my god, to 1996 or something. Yeah, I love that. But anyway, whatever. Some of my um, some of my references might be outdated, but what the the advice that I am giving that I promise it's not outdated. It is something that truly I am taking forward. I mean, this is, we're talking about something, by the way, that was three years ago. Okay. This was 2019 that I'm talking about when we were in Disney World and that I had this traumatic loss. And you're uh, still using those same tools, and like I'm the still breathing using, and the affirmation, I'm still like using them. what you say to yourself, the coping statements. I'm still using them. And what's so, what's so interesting to observe about them, which I, I want to put this out there is that just like I shared with my husband, having a very, very negative reaction to my open crying or mm-hmm. breaking down in, in a moment that might not even make sense because triggers a lot of times don't even make sense. You know, yeah. like Sometimes when I'm crying about something, what I'm doing it makes complete sense. But sometimes what I'm in the midst of, what I'm observing, it's like, wait, why are we crying about that? Like you lost mm-hmm. a baby. This is something different. It's not. It, it all kind of touches. But what I want to point out and kind of give a little bit of a give a little bit of knowledge here to everybody is that somebody there's going to be people you might even be one of them that is going to have this visceral reaction to the grief like oh like get that get your grief away from me like stop it stop crying stop it now you know like get over it you might even be telling yourself that even subconsciously mm-hmm. you have to ref you only have the ability yourself to reframe that within your own mind. You don't have the ability to change somebody else having that reaction to your grief. Right, right. You, are, you can be hurt by it. You can be angry about it. You can be resentful about it when somebody else that you love, that you want to be there for you in a supportive way is having that kind of like, let's move on. Please just mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you have that, it's kind of like a, like, a, like a loss all over again and like trauma all over again. But I want to tell, I want to tell people, I can say this with almost 99% certainty, everybody is going to experience that with another person that they love. Yeah. Everyone's going to experience almost that rejection yeah. from that person of their grief. And so what I learned and really kind of just recently now, because it's three years later, what I learned is when people have that reaction, that is, that's their journey. Yes. I don't I don't have to make the choice to be with people that are going to react that way to my grief. I can start to make choices to limit my time and my exposure to people that are not going to give me space to grieve for as long as I need it, for as hard as I need it and for as much as I need it. Right. I can create more I can create I can make choices to spend time and to have closer relationships with people who are going to allow that space. 
But first and foremost, it is up to us ourselves to create that space for ourselves. And it took me a long time to learn that. I was looking for other people to create that space and give me that space and found out the hard way that there are many close ones that, that, that won't, that right. can't, and then just won't. They don't know how to. Well, what's so interesting about that is like, you know, being a psychologist, I have done bereavement work in the past. I did internships at a bereavement center. I worked at camps for children that have lost parents. And I will tell you that grief is one of the, um, as far as like a therapeutic healing process goes for grief, having to find ways to like move through it and and work on your own narrative and like self-soothe is such an important part of the process. But then also finding a community that understands grief, maybe even not the same exact way, right? Like right. not that like, oh, you you lost like right it, but people that are not uncomfortable going to that. And sometimes right. People do grieve in different ways and not everyone's going to go there. And you know what? That's acceptance too. Sometimes people just can't and you hope that that they can at some point because it can be very healthy to move through it. But the power – and research has shown this too – the power of like support groups with bereavement and grief. The power in that is is like so huge versus, you know, support groups with maybe other mental health, you know. Um, things going on. I mean, they're all, they're all wonderful, but when it comes to grief, it's like being able to find that support system or support group with that. And I know that that's something that took you a while, but you recently, I don't know if you want to share that, but you recently started, you found a couple different groups that you're feeling positive about. I have, I have, um, yes. Support groups are definitely so important and a lot of what was missing from my grief journey these last couple of years has been like support groups. With my situation, it's been trickier um, to find the correct support groups because I have, I actually have several friends that went through something very similar to what I endured with this, you know, very, um, with this medical diagnosis and then um, TM. TMFR or sorry, yeah, TMFR. Um, and you know, the, the, they were all very helpful, but a lot of times, you know, they have their babies, they have their children and I'm still kind of on this, you know, infertility journey, IVF journey. So my support groups have been kind of like what I've needed has been kind of overlapping. And recently I have connected with some, some good ones. So that is something in the beginning that you definitely want to, you just want to create space around the grief because if you don't, some people, God bless them, they will for you. Some people really will. And those people, like in your life, you must treasure those people, but a lot of people will not. Yeah. A lot of people won't create that space for you. And if you don't, and you don't know how to, like I didn't, I didn't know how to, you know, I did, um, I figured, I started to kind of figure it out, but it's, it's a, it's a muscle that, that needs constant yeah. exercise so that you kind of get that muscle memory. And mm-hmm. instead of having such an intentional way of doing it, like I did in Disney world, now I'm able to do it a little bit easier because I've been doing it for so long. And there's always so many triggers. And I mean, every miscarriage, 
every IVF, every ultrasound, you know, every, there's a million triggers, every friend's pregnancy announcement, every time I walk down the hall, every time, every time I walk down the hall for the last three years and I look at my guest bedroom and I think about my baby yeah, that never, that I never brought home to this house. Oh my gosh. I have to find a way to be with that grief. Mm -hmm. And I always say like, you, you're never going to be able to not walk with your grief. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to y'all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What you want to try to do is you want to try to walk hand in hand with it like you would with a friend or like a loved one. You don't want your grief pulling you by the hair, bloody, bruised, and battered through the streets. Mm. And my grief pulled me through the, through, like grabbed me by the hair and dragged me screaming and crying for a good portion of my grief journey until I understood how to be more like one with it mm-hmm. and more accepting of it than, than so closed off to it and like get the, you know, F away from me kind yeah. of mentality toward it. If I can impart even just one thing 
to anybody who's in the depths of loss and grief and sadness and depression and anxiety and all of those things. It's really just to try not to fight it and to surrender to it Mm -hmm. and to understand that you have not been singled out. You have not been victimized, that you are just human. Yeah. And this is just part of being human. As yeah. hard as it is, it's like the the hardest pill you have to swallow. It's like eating your Brussels sprouts as a kid. Although now, like we're so fancy, we go out to brunch and we always order the Brussels sprouts with the caramelized bacon, you know? But it's like eating your vegetables, like your lima beans when you're a kid. Yep. Don't even choke your grief down. Just like look at it as a teacher and look at it as a friend as something that is trying to help you along, not make your life a living hell. So do you think like over these last three years, I mean, you've told me about so many different types of like holistic treatments and some other treatments you've um, kind of not shied away from. You might have been resistant to in the past, but you were very open-minded to getting some help and healing yourself in different ways to see how things will work. Um, could you tell the listeners some of those things and what may have helped, what may have been? And again, everyone's treatment's going to look different. Everyone's healing's going to look different. So something that worked for you might not work for someone else or someone something that works for someone else might not work for you. Exactly. But um, can you just bring us through the last like couple of years and what you've tried as far as kind of getting out of those darknesses and um, and then leading up to this past weekend, I know you went to a retreat. So yes. kind of just chronologically, if you can let it, let, let us know what you did. So, so throughout my grief journey, I've learned that the body is such a humongous, humongous part of the grieving journey and the loss journey and trauma than I think ever I understood personally. I always thought it was all about our mind and our thoughts and, you know, healing our mind. And it's, it's, it is, but it's about the body a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a, a book, The Body Keeps the Score, yeah, which is really a profound book. And I know Dr. Nicole LaPera, Ali, who you introduced me to, the holistic psychologist on Instagram, and she has this book, How to Do the Work. Yep. The book has been profound in my healing journey and figuring out how to care for myself and how to recognize grief in my body and how to, you know, manage my anxiety around all of this grief. She's given me a lot of tools and I'm extremely, extremely grateful that you turned me on to her um, and for all of her content. So that's been a huge thing for me. I also started doing EMDR therapy when I, shortly after my termination and my uh, DNE um, to okay. to end my pregnancy. So, for anyone that doesn't, EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and rapid. Wait, no, eye movement desensitization eye movement. and reprocessing. Yes, exactly. and reprocessing. Right. So, okay, sorry, that's a mouthful. But you guys have maybe heard the acronym EMDR. It's been a very um, highly based uh, research based treatment for trauma. Um, in the field of psychology, but not just trauma. It's also effective for anxiety and depression. Um, But tell us a little bit about your experience with it. So I was 
really lucky enough to find this incredible, uh, incredible therapist that has guided me through EMDR for the last three years on and off, but definitely in 2019, right after everything happened. And it has been, it's, it's profoundly impactful. Um, it's something, the way that I like to explain it is that it, it basically is something that, you know, um, something that happens where there's several different ways to do it. You can follow a light back and forth Mm -hmm. as you're going through a certain kind of protocol with the therapist of, of, of speaking out loud and, um, talking about a particular incident and things like that. Or in my case, I didn't start out with the light. I started out with the hand, hand tapping, uh, where my therapist would tap my hands, uh, back and forth. And I would follow with my eyes, her hand tapping Mm -hmm. my hands. And then with COVID that's kind of evolved. And now I have little vibrating tappers uh, that do it. But what it really does, what it has done for me is it just in terms of talking about the initial trauma of the ultrasound, my 20 week ultrasound and my diagnosis and what happened after that and going into the hospital and going under anesthesia and all of those things. Um, what it does is it takes all of the fragments of trauma, like trauma has a tendency to just catch us off guard. Like you would you, almost like in terms of how you would watch a movie where all of a sudden you see a flashback to the person seeing their friend get hit by a car or whatever it might be. That's what was happening for me throughout the day. It was like these, these flashes of, of pure terror. And, mm-hmm. and just, you know, crying and all these things. And what EMDR does is it takes all these little broken up fragments in the brain, which is trauma, and it collects them. It kind of collects them, I almost say, with a uh, one of those things on the beach, one of those metal detectors. Like it oh, kind, yeah, yeah. kind of collects everything and it kind of puts it into more of a condensed package so that you're not having these flashes of these different events and different moments of the trauma hitting you, like whacking you in the face, it kind of is putting all of the events of the trauma together in, mm-hmm. in a, in a long term, more of a long-term memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's, it's really powerful. And what happens too, is that because trauma, um, because a lot of times with people, when they experience trauma, they disassociate um, because it's their brain is basically trying to protect them from the pain and the emotion that they would feel because of how terrifying that trauma is. Um, EMDR sort of helps you um, desensitize those emotions when you're thinking or talking about it. So it helps you identify that you can think about these things, you can have these memories and you can have um, these thoughts and these, you know, pictures in your mind of this huge trauma, but then still, still recognize that you're safe with the pictures, if that makes exactly. sense, right? right? Like your body is still safe in that moment, even though it might have never felt like that because trauma creates, trauma makes you not feel safe. And so those pictures in your mind of that and the memories don't ever go away, but EMDR helps you to feel as though that you can be safe even though they still exist in your mind. Yes, exactly. And the thing about EMDR that's so unbelievably mind-blowing to me is that you spend an hour, I mean, I spend an hour in the appointment and then 
when you leave, it continues working. Your brain continues working day in and day out with kind of the restructuring that you've done. I'm like, you know, I like getting organized and that's kind of how it feels to me. It feels like things in my brain are getting a little bit more organized Mm -hmm. and it's not so, um, it's just not so all over the place in terms of, you're right, Allie, this feeling of, of danger, right? Like, Like before I did EMDR, I could be doing something like folding the laundry or probably not because I was way too depressed to fold laundry after this traumatic mm-hmm. episode, but I could be doing something and all of a sudden I would go back to the the being in the hospital and going in for my procedure right. and I would be like hearing sounds and I would be in a panic. My mind would start racing mm-hmm. and you know, now I can think back to that day and I can think about it more on my own terms. It can be my choice if I want to think about it or not. It's not just popping into my yes. brain unwelcome like a like a yes. creepy kind of reminds me of like a haunted house where like a really like scary ghost pops up yes. and you weren't expecting yeah. it. With EMDR, it's it's taken those things and it's yeah. kind of it's kind of put me a little bit more in control of that. That's awesome. Well, and we have an episode all about EMDR, you guys. I don't remember which number it is, but we had a expert actually on who talks so much about the in-depth of EMDR and what actually um, goes into some of the sessions. So you can go back and listen to that because I want to make sure just for time's sake, you can talk about the other ways that you've been healing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds amazing. And I think um, you know the part about it that – I love too is the reprocessing, right? So you you basically your eyes and and this is all um the eye movement, it's very highly research based that that part like you don't move your head, you just move your eyes and there's part of the brain that is able to process information differently when you do that. And scientists have basically found that's why when you when you're moving your eyes and you're essentially like thinking of these different moments and then you're reprocessing because you want to use certain words and coping statements to make you recognize you're in the present moment and that you're safe even with those memories. And so that's the whole reprocessing part of what you're trying to do with your brain. So um, it's incredible. And I'm so glad to hear that it's been helpful for you because I tried it too and I couldn't believe how amazing it was. I don't go as often as you, I don't think, but um, it's so great that you found like an expert because it really is hard to find is, someone, honestly. I mean, the, the woman that I work with, she is completely booked and I've tried to refer people to her and she's so lovely that she'll refer out to others, but she's completely booked. Yeah. The demand is higher than the supply. It is crazy. But EMDR has been very helpful and I, I do try to bring a lot of awareness about EMDR because I think it is something that people don't know very much about. And it, it, yeah. it really, you could really use it for anything, any kind of trauma yeah. in your life. There's a different protocol for trauma that happened maybe in your childhood, but it could be used for really any trauma. So mm-hmm. EMDR has been so helpful. And then along the lines of what I had mentioned before about this, this education that I received through Dr. LaPera, the holistic mm-hmm. psychologist, that understanding that a lot of the grief, a lot of the trauma is held in the body, I went back to my yoga practice. I didn't oh. do it right away. I didn't do it in 2019. I didn't do it in 2020. Uh, actually, no, no. I did. Sorry. It was 2020. No. I didn't do it in 2020 either because all the yoga studios closed. Oh, right. And I've never been good with online yeah, yoga. Yeah, neither. But in 2021, after I had my miscarriage in January of 2021, 
through Insight Timer, which is another thing we're, I'm going to talk about was very healing for me. Insight mm-hmm. Timer. Again, Ally is an app that you turned me on to. Okay. So basically all roads I talk back, about <laughs> the anxiety healer has all of these tools that I've used. I talk all about this stuff and yeah, go ahead. But through Insight Timer, I found this incredible yoga practice. And a lot of times with, now I want to make a very important part here. Yoga, when you're doing a, like a vinyasa class and you're sweating, you know, your, your toes off and, you know, that's all very good too. All of that sweating is really good too for grief, but that's not, that's not what the yoga practice was for me mm-hmm. that helped me through my grief. The yoga practice that I have done through my grief has been more of an asana based practice, a lot of yoga nidra, a lot of really focusing on different chakras of the body, which are the energy centers and letting the energy go and kind of regulating those energy centers. And a lot of it has been, you know, focusing on different parts of the body where grief is stored. Um, and you know, there, there are other things which I do want to talk about meditation. Um, a lot of Reiki, there's been a lot of Reiki that I've uh, done sound baths, there, mm. I, there's a lot of healing yes. to be had with sound baths. Oh my gosh. And, yes. and live sound baths. I found this incredible uh, duo in here in Connecticut. Um, they're, they're, they're called Grounded Meditation and they have been incredible with their sound baths. I did a lot of in-person sound baths outside in beautiful nature settings um, mm-hmm. during my, my, my pregnancies after you know my loss to try to keep my anxiety low and keep my optimism high and, and heal from everything. Um, and the sound healing is something that's really cool because you could do that at home with just a pair of headphones. Um, meditation was something that I got into pretty hardcore when the pandemic hit in 2020, which has helped me tremendously throughout my, my healing journey. Insight timer is one of my go-tos. I keep a running list of, um, you know, playlists of ones that I've loved and that yep. have helped me. I know Ali, you and I have gone back and forth and suggested different uh, meditations at different times that have been really helpful for either of us, for both of us. I talk about Insight Timer all the time on here and on my uh, Instagram page. So you guys probably <laughs> have heard it before. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, I would highly recommend downloading the app Insight Timer. That's I-N-S-I-G-H-T Timer. Um, because it is the way that it's just, I know there's a lot of different types of meditation apps. I've tried them all. The thing I love about Insight Timer is that you can, you can search meditations based on length, like two minutes, five minutes. You, they have a search button at the top that whatever you're feeling like you need at that moment, like I was struggling last night really bad with just like attachment anxiety and just feeling like really out of my body. Sundays are always hard for me. I was just feeling really alone. And so Dorothy sent me a couple that were great. I needed to really feel grounded. I needed to come back into the present moment. And I also typed in um, a meditation for loneliness and like 20 of them came up. So it also has live meditations. So people come on live. And so I, I remember when you were starting to feel like you were kind of coming back to life a little bit, you told me about the yoga class that was every morning at 9 a.m. that was on Insight Timer. It was live. And for me, I don't really love the online yoga either when the, when COVID happened, but what are you going to do, right? Like you, ha- you can't go to yoga studios. But the thing that 
I did start to appreciate more than just doing a video on YouTube was the live yoga sessions. It still made me feel like I was like in a community of people that were doing it with me live, even yes. if they weren't next to me. And so I still could have sort of feel the energy of the other people in the class. And you and I so, were able to do the yoga. Yeah, the yoga we did it together a couple of times. But I know nice. you, you, that was a huge part. You're like 9 a.m. This is my, you know, and you loved the teacher and learned a lot about yourself mm -hmm. um, Getting doing that type of movement getting back into the yoga practice has been so big. And so, you know, I don't, I, for people who have any kind of yoga practice, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to break a sweat to feel the effects of it. It could be just gentle yoga and restorative yoga. And that's what a lot of the yoga was that I feel like we did online on Insight Timer Alley together. And it, it, it really resonated with me because that's what my body needed then. You have to really listen to your body when you're grieving. And I was grieving this miscarriage. I was grieving being so far down the road of this, this grief journey, like another terrible thing has happened. What's around the corner? Am I ever going to have a baby? Not to mention a baby. Am I ever going to feel happy and not be yeah. traumatized by something? My body was still healing from the miscarriage and the yoga helped me a lot. And Again, all roads lead back to the anxiety healer because just <laughs> oh, this yeah. past weekend- I forgot that I sent this to you. I went to the Himalayan Institute by myself with nobody that I knew in Honesdale, Pennsylvania on your suggestion, Allie. And I did this incredible yoga for grief retreat with an amazing, incredible instructor who I know you talked to me about and raved about named Curry Isn't Hamlin. she amazing? She is, a, I, she is an unbelievable soul. She yeah. was, she, this retreat was everything that I could have asked for and more. It was a group full of people that from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, all different grief journeys, all mm -hmm. different grief maps, grief maps. And I learned so much and it was so healing on so many levels. And the, again, going back to the yoga, you know, I never really even took off my long sleeve shirt during all of the yoga that we did during this retreat. Yeah. I didn't really even need to shower after the yoga that we did. Nope. Yoga doesn't have to be this, you know, cardiovascular type of thing. The fact that we were able to move our body in certain ways to release a lot of the places where grief is generally stored and to do a lot of work on our heart chakra and, and the chakras that really, really relate to grief and loss. Mm -hmm. That was the healing part about it. So, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be talking about this. Oh, it's so great. I, I found all these great things. And then people are kind of like, well, you know, I don't practice yoga or I do practice yoga, but I don't, I don't know where to find this kind of thing. I think a simple, a simple search, even on YouTube of like, yeah, yoga for and grief or yoga, yes. whatever, you'll find some really good, really good resources. And it might, you don't need to be experienced in yoga to have the releasing and healing effects of, of throwing yourself into something like this to try to help you along in your grief journey. Yeah. Well, and I knew also when I saw the retreat, um, I was so excited because I love Carrie. And if anyone lives in the Philadelphia area, um, they own Yoga Home. Um, they have an awesome, awesome online platform too that you can do anywhere in the world. But it was literally one of my favorite yoga studios I've ever been to. 
um, when I moved to where I live now in Conshohocken, and they actually had to permanently close because of COVID. The Your physical opening, spa- the physical space did. Well, I right. know, and you have no idea how I am like so excited. Oh my gosh! And literally, they call it yoga home because I used to go. And I used to go an hour before the class and just they had a little area with a couch and some tea and just the, the being in, again, it's like such a community. It's not. And by the way, do you know that yoga originated as a practice for the mind and incorporating the breath, right, with your and movement with your body? And the United States is what actually created the exercise part of it, like the hot part, because the United States just always needs to create like work hard, play hard. Type A, go, go, Type go. A. Right. So yoga is, so that's like the opposite of what yoga is actually supposed to be. Um, it's a more meditative practice and you connect your movement with breath. And like you talked about breath so much mm-hmm. earlier and mm-hmm. earlier, and it teaches you literally how to breathe when you are in, when you're feeling triggered and how to really slow your breath and how to do it from the diaphragm. I mean, it's such a practice. And so I think like the fact that you have come from a place in your life where seriously so much of your life was probably stuck in the state of just like hypervigilance all the time. My entire existence prior. Fight or flight all the time. All the time. And I can't even believe, I can't, I will say like, I can't even believe what my, how was my nervous system even surviving for 37 years before this traumatic event cracked everything wide open. It was like a, this traumatic event was like a big eraser that just came to like the dry erase board that is Dorothy, Cassisari, Simone, and just erased, just erase, erase, erase. And the nervous system regulation is something that I have learned so much about through, again, Dr. LaPera, LaPera. Dr. Nicole is incredible and the holistics, I've learned so much about it. But honestly, the grief journey has given me the gift of learning the nervous system regulation. And the nervous system regulation has given me an incredible amount of tools to continue on this healing journey because there is not going to be any healing if your nervous system is constantly activated, vigilant, and, and everything is like a level 10 emergency. Like, you know, I, I say, I say to my husband, you know, he was very triggering for me in the beginning of all this, because as I started down on my journey and kind of relaxing and not, I mean, not seeing, I mean, with everything that I've been through in the last three years, how could I possibly lose my mind over, you know, a two hour snow delay at school and my Uh son, you know, how could I possibly have even like any reaction to that? Right. Right. Um, I just don't because it's, it's all relative and I just, it's fine. It's completely fine. In fact, I look at something like that now as a gift that I get Mm -hmm. to sit at the kitchen table and play Monopoly Junior with him before he goes to school two hours later instead of getting on the bus at 820. Such a good perspective. My husband had a hard time with his nervous system still being in that same state of, you know, everything being a nine or a 10. And it was extremely (laughs) triggering for me as I was bringing my nervous system down and down, being in the car, being in a traffic jam, the old me would have been screaming, cursing, banging on everything, calling somebody, complaining. Oh my God, the complaining that I did. You would have been full-blown Dorothy in the back of a cab in New York City in your 20s. (laughs) 
I'm let's, not even going to go there with how she used to be in cabs. I mean, let's not even talk about that person. Oh my God. But yes, yes. yes. Fighting with the cab driver, screaming at the traffic, on my phone, texting, calling nonstop. And anyway, it was very triggering for me with my husband still keeping things at a nine or a 10 Yeah. when I was trying to come down to normal, normal level. No, we're not going to call them normal levels, but more like sustainable baseline, levels. when you're feeling stable. Yeah. Right. More baseline sustainable levels. levels. Yeah. And so it's been a practice. It's still a practice, but it has yeah. given me a peace that has created space for me to continue healing. And it's just been such an unbelievable gift. And listen, my husband also, he's, his has come down too, which is incredible. It's such a, a, a victory so and a joy to see that he, somebody who's so been so tightly wound, we both have been so mm-hmm. tightly wound, mm-hmm. to see that he's been able to bring it down. But I will say there have been people that have not maybe liked, you know, the new, the new Dorothy baseline, people that have needed more yeah. reactiveness, people that have needed me to respond faster and provide things that they need more. And I'm sure that listeners, when they go through their grief journey and, and now if they are in their grief journey, I'm sure that they encounter the same thing and just have to kind of know that everyone's journey is different, you know? Yeah. And I'm I'm coming to terms with that. No, I think that's wonderful. I think being able, again, um, like when, when grief is just so different for everybody, but I think when someone is able to to it i just see so much acceptance that you hadn't had for in sure. the last couple of years for sure and i think being able to tell your story today and to open yourself up to maybe telling your story to people over this past weekend or um you know cuz sometimes it is scary for people to tell the story because it makes it real right but right. but making oh, it it's real, real it's real all right but making <laughs> it real is what you talked about before of like wanted grief. Like making it real means you're going to hold its hand. Yes. Yes. Right? You're not going to just push it away anymore. Like it is real. Yep. And making it real means compassion for it. Yep. And like embracing it and knowing that it's going to be painful, but like moving through it is what's going to actually lift the weight of it. You're absolutely correct. That's exactly what, that's exactly what it is, Allie. Yeah, I I explain a lot of when I did a lot of more grief work, grief like being you know when that triggering moment happens, that first moment happens, someone you someone you love dies, or you know you lose something, or something happens uh, catastrophically, um, as like being like you know a million a thousand pounds or a million pounds of this weight on your shoulders, and the only thing that is true about grief is that. The weight never goes away, but it does get lighter. Yes. It might be heavier some days, but like time – like I don't believe – like time heals all wounds. Okay, yeah. Time does – time can help, you know, a little bit if you feel like you can have the right supports and stuff. But like the fact is like the weight definitely gets a little bit lighter, but it just never goes away. No. It's not going to like heal it completely all the time. No, it never goes away. Um, it never goes away, but I also think that – you live to you learn to live with it, yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that always scared me. I didn't like when people said you learn to live with it because it's like, 
oh, great. So I'm just going to feel like shit for my entire life. That sounds like an awful existence. Right, right. That's not what that means. What that means is you are going to experience it sometimes, but you are also going to experience lots of joy. You are going to realize that I don't, I don't anymore say, oh, I had a terrible day today. Or I don't really, I don't really ever say like, if something happens in a day, oh, well, like my day is ruined. I've had the worst day. Right. My, my experience is not measured in days. Mm -hmm. My experience here is measured in moments. So I could have, you know, I could have 75 joyful moments in a given day at all different times and interspersed in those, I could have moments where I feel sad or, you know, like I need to cry. And sometimes maybe I don't have any of those moments. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't cry. I mean, I don't cry every day. Uh, it's kind of a miracle that I don't, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I don't, you know, the, it's like, it's like this, and I've been working with my husband on this too, because I realized I lived life in such a black or white way. Like everything is great or everything is bad. Like I had the most amazing vacation, you know, for the last five days. And then I just came home and then, you know, everything has turned to shit. And like, now I'm in like a terrible mood. And like, of course, of course I'm back from vacation. Everything is awful. That kind of, that kind of storytelling is, is what I used for so long. And I don't use that now. I don't use that now. I don't use that now. Just like I don't use, I'm on vacation and everything like, everything is amazing. And like, then, you know, something happens and your flight is delayed or Maybe you're at a resort and, you know, like the restaurant that you wanted to eat at that night is closed or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like, oh, like, of course, like, oh, this is like the worst day of vacation. You know, like, this is like the, this is turning into be like the worst day. And it's like, no, no, it's not. It's actually not like, it's okay. You know? And mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm talking to myself in like a, like a uh, condescending way, but it's not, I'm, I'm talking to myself in a compassionate way because Grief is, it's, it's with, it's going to be with me. Okay. Look, my son, my, my son, my angel baby that was never born, that never came into our family. He is always going to be a part of me. And he's always Mm going to be a part of our family. You know, at 21 weeks, I don't know if anybody out there like has, you know, been pregnant and can remember, but if you haven't or whatever, like I will tell you, there you are feeling those kicks you are feeling those kicks morning yeah. noon and night yeah you are you are connected you yeah. are connected in a way and your life is already that that child's life is already is already there in your mind your that dream is already realized mm. and so that will always be a part of me and what i'm dealing with with the infertility will always be a part of me but i i i now accept and and have been able to find the flexibility in my thoughts, in my words, in my expectations, the ability to say, okay, you know, we, we just, we just got back from the Dominican Republic. We were there for, for three days, sorry, the three of us were there for eight days. We were so blessed and so lucky to have this beautiful vacation, healing vacation together. And, you know, when we were leaving, I, I looked at my family, the three of us and I'm so blessed and so grateful and have so much gratitude. And I also cried to myself on the plane when, when my son was watching his show and my husband was watching his and, you know, I cried and I cried in a way that was okay. Like 
it didn't mean that, oh God, here we go. Here are the trip's going to be ruined because I'm just going to be all upset and like missing our baby. And you know, it wasn't, no, it wasn't like that because I allow it. Yeah. I know that it's going to be part of right. it. We had a beautiful right. trip. You know, there were yeah. many times that I, that I thought about my, my IVF journey and where I've gone, where I've, where I've gone and where I'm going and the mm-hmm. terrible things that have happened. And there were times on the trip, like laying in the lazy river on my float where I'm just like, oh, this is for the birds. Like this has been too much heartache. Like this is so unfair. Like I don't deserve any of this. Like this has been cruel. It's been inhumane. Like IVF has turned me into a human lab rat, not a woman, not a, not a human being. Yeah. And like, yeah. and I get a tear and I, and I, I, you know, I have this like grief in my heart and then I, you know, in that situation, I'm lucky because then I can like go underwater for the cleansing of it. And then I can kind of come out and, you know, and, and continue on and say, you know, I, I'm here though now, like I'm right here right now on this Wednesday in the Dominican Republic with my family and I'm okay. My grief is with me, but it is not me. Yes. Yes. And you've been such a good force with me too in reminding me to stay in the present and um, the meditations, a lot of them, the ones on Insight Timer, um, help just ground you back into where you are in that moment because that's essentially like if you can try and practice that, and that and this is the thing with with meditations and trying to ground yourself. This should be something you should be doing on a daily basis, even when you're not feeling anxious or you're not feeling sad or you're not feeling grief. Like even when you're feeling okay you need to incorporate these grounding tools and these meditations and for me for me it's huge that i take a walk like i can't wait after this i'm taking a very long walk in nature i'm going to bundle up and it's very healing so being able to um bring your back into the moment of where you are and know that you're safe is probably one of the best things you can try and practice for yourself grief or not when you have anxiety really trying to practice that. I have so many different um, ways on how to do that on my Instagram page. So you can go to the Anxiety Healer. And basically everything I talk about in my book, The Anxiety Healer's Guide, is all about regulating your nervous system and bringing your um, bringing your mind back to the present moment. Um, a lot of concrete visualization exercises and um, cognitive behavioral techniques that you can use. So um, you can order that in the show notes. Um, can't wait. It, you, I can't wait for you the can pre-order it. It's coming out in a couple weeks on March 15th. Um, and register for my book launch from anywhere in the world. You can do that. I have to put that in the show notes too. Um, but yeah, so that's amazing advice. And I'm so happy that you were able to do this with us. Thank you so much for taking the time and being so brave and telling your story. I know it's been sort of the first time you're really just letting this go. And thank you for doing that on here. And I think there's so many people that are going to relate to this because everyone experiences losses. And I can't wait to hear the feedback. It's going to be great. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. If I was going to tell this story anywhere and with anybody, Allie, you are my number one choice. So it is, a, it is a true, it is a true pleasure and a true honor to be a guest on your podcast. I no. am so blown away by this incredible community that you've created and what you're doing for others is just, oh my gosh. I just, I always knew you were going to do great things 
but this Aww. has just exceeded my expectations. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm so excited that we can connect like this. And I feel like this is not, this is like the first of many things in my mind that we can do together. Um, I hope so. Okay. So tell everyone if you want them to follow you, if you they want, they have questions for you or anything. Yeah. So um, I am at Dorothy on TV on Instagram. That's Dorothy with two O's, D-O-R-O-T-H-Y on TV. Cause I used to, I mean, I still do have TV career. I've been, yeah. I've been still, t- I started this summer doing some more segments. I'm doing a lot. I love I'm it. doing a segment tomorrow at a restaurant here in Greenwich. Love so it. I have, I'm still doing it. I'm still back in the game, but, um, but yeah. And then all, my website is DorothyOnTV.com as well. So both places. And I don't know, this whole podcast has kind of inspired me. People have been telling me for so long that I need to do a podcast and this has really inspired me. Um, so I don't Amazing. know. I'll have to think about that. We'll have to see. I can definitely help you and um, I will come on to it for sure. Amazing. Me too. Amazing. We'll All right, you listen. guys. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed these episodes and we'll be back next week. See you later. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.